Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your hosts, David Caius and Andy Groneman, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, where we bring barbecue's best to your backyard with the tips and tricks from legends and leaders in the barbecue world. I'm your host, Andy Groneman, along with our executive producer, T-Bone, and my co-host this week, KCBS World Invitational winner. He's at the helm of Fergalicious Barbecue, and you've seen him on Food Network, Richard Fergola. What's up? How's it going, Fergie? Well, you know, I've got to give it to T-Bone. Uh, which we don't do very often, by the way. <laughs> but he has been lining up the guests for us, whether it's Stretch or Stephen Reichlin, Chris Lilly. Well, we've got another heavyweight today. People are obsessed with his barbecue, specifically his brisket. And it's for good reason. Texas Monthly and Bon Appetit have both crowned him as the best barbecue joint in America. Six days a week, there is a line at Franklin's Barbecue. That's right. We've got Aaron Franklin on today, and we're going to be talking barbecue, some of his other cool endeavors. He's got a line of handmade offset smokers, his PK grill collaborations, and of course, his sauces and seasonings, and even his masterclass. Check him out. Check out some of his amazing products at franklinbbq.com. If you're shopping for an offset or one of his cookbooks, that is going to be the place to go. And in our fourth segment, We're going to head on over to the competition corner with Fergie. He's going to talk about overcoming adversity in the middle of a contest. And I've got plenty, plenty to talk about. (laughs) Plenty to talk about. Yeah, that's going to be a loaded topic. You know, and we all have to do it at home. Sometimes you get a rainstorm that blows through your brisket cook or you lose power. Um, Any of those things can happen. Uh, But you still got to get the meats to the judges. Yeah, you still got to take care of business, so you can, the, the party goes on. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that in the fourth segment and uh, and get some insight there from Ferg. And, you know, he's just got back from a contest. You're headed to what, to Iowa this weekend? Yep, headed to Iowa this weekend. So when you're on your way back from Iowa, I'm going to be headed to uh, San Diego, California. Um, Much better weather, probably. <laughs> Gosh, I hope. I hope it's better weather because I'm getting to go do something really cool. I get to go work with the Robert Irvine Foundation and uh, Shane Cash, who's their corporate chef and kind of head of all of their programs. They are doing a really cool cook um, out at Pendleton for the 5th Marines, and it's called Reuniting the Brave. And I get to go down and help them cook this time. You know, I've been to events with them before, and the the foundation is great. They do so much uh, for our veterans and enlisted and their families. So it's cool to get to go down and actually, you know, roll up my sleeves and help a little bit. But check out the Robert Irvine Foundation. You can find it at robertirvinefoundation.org. And just scroll through there. Look at what they're doing for our service members, whether it's, you know, providing some type of... Uh, you know, relief for those families or, or, you know, whatever it is that you think is uh, important, click the donate button and, and go ahead and share a little love with the Irvine foundation. And uh, we'll get to cook for about 750 Marines and their families next week. So that'll be kind of cool, but uh, you know, we're headed uh, into the ask Andy segment. I see T bone over there uh, 
looking frantically for the the list of questions and it's brought to you this month by smoke on wheels kansas city bootleg sauce which of course you can get at all things barbecue so just head on over to atbbq.com search smoke on wheels and you will find that barbecue sauce staring you right in the face but don't forget you can get yourself a barbecue radio network t-shirt if we use your question and not only that t-bone you've got even more for them if yes. they submit a question. Yes, we've got stickers. We have oh, more oh, than oh, stickers. Oh, oh, did you mean the autographed barbecue Bible by Stephen Reichlin? Why, yes, I did mean the oh. autographed barbecue Bible by Stephen Reichlin. And we have multiple Bibles. Yes, we do. Bible-i. What, how, what is that? I don't even know how you say that. But, Bible-i, yeah. Okay. But we have multiple Bibles. So submit your questions. Like us on Facebook. Like uh, Reichlin on Facebook. Uh, and and get that question into us, like Lynn Hansen from Beaverton, Oregon, who wants to know how long should I leave the rub on the meat before putting it in? Now, just a minute before you go. Well, it depends. Ribs are my favorite, but is each protein different? Really curious. So, yeah, fantastic so, question. Yeah, it's a great question. I love it. So. Of course, and and you you already threw the non secretary in there. You're like, because you know I'm going to say, well, it depends. Well, it tells me she listens to the show and she's heard you say it. <laughs> so ribs, chicken, anything like that that is smaller and thinner and typically a white meat does not need to sit as long in the rub. Uh, what's going to happen is you'll, especially with a piece of chicken, if you've got a salty rub, you could even start to cure it. And then you get this kind of weird hammy texture. Uh, Same with ribs. You'll get a very funky texture if you leave the rub on too long. So I typically uh, put that nice light coating on. And once that it has started to soak into the meat, once you see that uh, glistening start to occur where you're pulling the moisture from the meat, sweating, sweating, the meat's sweating, meat sweat. That is really what I'm looking for. I mean, wh- how long do you like to leave rub on yours, Ferg? I think this is the probably the one of the biggest misconceptions in cooking barbecue is, and I'm glad I'm glad Lee asked about ribs because that is uh, so. I get this asked this question all the time. I, I like to do it about f- 45 minutes to an hour before I'm gonna put it on the pit because exactly what you said. Those salts start drawing the moisture out of that rib, and when you start to see that meat sweat. You know, you're you're basically taking the moisture out. So I've had people say, you know, oh, I put my my rub on uh, for it and let it set for 48 hours. As soon as that comes out, I'm like, uh, okay, we need to have a conversation here because that's way too long. Yeah. So for yeah. 48 hours, you're going to end up with cured ribs that are going to be little ham bones. Correct. Um. So you know, and to to finish her her question. So on a bigger cut of meat, like a brisket or a pork shoulder, uh, something that's got a lot of fat in it and and can is a whole roast, you're looking at 18 pounds of product versus two pounds, it can take that rub for a longer period of time. You could even probably go overnight with it. But again, I typically don't leave my rub on my brisket longer than a couple of hours. Um, I like to bring that brisket up to room temp before I put it in the cooker so I get a nice even cook. And I'll, I'll season that up and let it sit on the counter while I go light my fire, maybe pour myself a little brown water, um, you know, and we get, get that thing rolling. But so the key for you, Lynn, is 
you watch the salt content in the rub and the the bigger the piece of meat the longer it can go uh and pay special attention to your poultry and your pork cuts like a rib because you don't want to over salt and start to cure them so thank you for that question lynn uh and we will be getting a t-shirt and some stickers and maybe even a barbecue bible headed your way absolutely and speaking of the barbecue bible you know we're 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 a hundred percent fully into barbecue season already now. Spring has sprung. We're here, right? But you know, Reichlin is also launching Planet Barbecue Memorial Day. So we'll have a new show there. And of course, we've got Aaron Franklin who's up next. Uh, he's got his hot luck festival on Memorial Day weekend. And then there might be this other barbecue show uh, that's also gonna launch around Memorial Day weekend called Barbecue Country. Uh, I don't know. A couple of the guys on here might be on it. Do you know? Do you know anybody that's on the show? I mean, I, you know, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, we know people. We, we know people. We know people. You are yeah. the people. Come on. Quit teasing. <laughs> but you're going you're gonna to have to tune into the Country Network to check out Barbecue Country. Yeah. And if you haven't been following that on social media, go out to Instagram, look at Barbecue Country, follow Fergalicious, follow SOWBBQ. You'll see all about the show, when it's going to air, who all's on it. There's no secrets yet about it. Uh, everybody is there uh, that's on it. So you can kind of go start to read and figure out who you're rooting for. I know two people you ought to be rooting for. Oh, that's, a, that's uh, easy. Yeah. But coming up next segment, we're going to be talking with Pitmaster, author, and restaurateur Aaron Franklin. He has sold out a brisket every day since they opened Franklin Barbecue. We're going to dig into some great flavors and techniques. Check out his website, franklinbarbecue.com. Coming up next, Aaron Franklin right here on Barbecue Radio Network. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. Holstein Manufacturing, we build a grill. Welcome back to the award-winning Barbecue Radio Network. I'm Andy Groneman, along with T-Bone, our executive producer, and my co-host, 20-time grand champion pitmaster of Fergalicious Barbecue, Richard Fergola. He is one of the most recognized names in barbecue. He's got a line of barbecue pits, and he's done a really cool collaboration with PK Grills. He's got two acclaimed cookbooks and a new one dropping in May. And his barbecue joint has been named the best one in America by multiple publications. Aaron Franklin is a James Beard Best Chef Award winner, and he has been inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Welcome to the show, VP of Post Oak Operations and the attorney of slaw, Aaron Franklin. Hey, hey, hey. How you guys doing? <laughs> I, I had to steal a couple of your old throwback titles because every show always had a different one. I always loved all whatever name was going to pop up on <laughs> <laughs> on the PBS series, I'm like, what is he going to be today? Those were the coolest yeah. nicknames ever. <laughs> well, and it's news to me because I never watched any of it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so on your title slide on the beginning of each one, they had a new name for you for every show. And it was always something kitschy like that, like attorney at slaw. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I you know I watched those in edits, uh, but once the graphics got added, I was pretty much out because you know I don't really like watching myself. It's uh, it's it's not pleasant for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you feel, Aaron. That's right. Well, you've been crazy busy, and I know hot luck planning is underway, and and there's a lot of good stuff going on there. But before we go there, I, I wanted to talk about another project you've been working on with James Moody called the Uptown Sports Club. Just kind of following it over time, it looks like it's pretty amazing. So give us a rundown, like where we yeah. are. Well, um, so it's a new restaurant. We just opened yesterday, officially, not officially, but definitely official. Um, <laughs> the website actually says the first. I, I've been lying uh, this whole time, telling different people different dates so it doesn't get too busy <laughs> at once. Um, but yeah, so it's a you know it's a super cool restaurant. We uh, ended up with a super neat building that had been vacant for about thirty four years. Uh, it's from the late eighteen hundreds. We don't know exactly when it was built. Um, but uh, some friends and I kind of just pitched in to, to help save save this building. I, I'm kind of calling it, you know, save the clock tower uh, in true back to the future <laughs> style. But um, I yeah, love it's, it. a, it's a really neat old building. And, um, you know, it just kind of we didn't really go into it with a food plan. Uh, the only food plan was to not do barbecue. Um, and gumbo is kind of my liquid brisket in this building just has vibes for days of just kind of old new orleans kind of european vibes and stuff like that so we built a wood grill uh we're going to be doing some steak frites it's a little brasserie kind of stuff uh all pretty texas-y but it's kind of just just a mishmash of all my favorite foods yeah i mean it looked really interesting and you know i was reading about what you guys were going to do with the menu and I know you, you and James both have some of those New Orleans roots, right? So that's true. Yep. That uh, it really does kind of fit with that. But yeah, I wanted to go in and I'm going to order a good sport and a bowl of gumbo right out of the gate. That's my plan. Oh, heck yeah. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> it's got to be the way to go. So hot luck. What all is going on with hot luck? You know, it's, it's going to be an amazing festival again, but give me a, a rundown of uh, what's new and different this year. Well, um, this year, so it happens in May, it's uh, May 25 through 28th, uh, Memorial Day weekend this year. So it's uh, definitely looking like it's going to be the best one yet. I don't want to, you know, jinx anything. I am going to knock on a piece of wood real quick. <laughs> the dog didn't hear it. Good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Hot Luck's come along pretty good. Got about 70-ish chefs coming in from around the world, um, which is about where we were last year, too. Um, except this year, we kind of outgrew some of the venues last year. So this one, uh, we're going to do our Thursday night event at Franklin barbecue, which usually is on Friday night, but it's called, hi, how are you? Um, you know, uh, we, you know, internally call it, Hey, Hey, um, and then and it was packed last year. It was super packed. <laughs> it was, it was a little bit too crowded. So we're going to try to lighten that up a little bit, uh, for this Thursday, but this year, the, the Friday event is going to be at a place called fair market so it's on the east side about a half block from uptown sports club <clears throat> and um you know that's going to be kind of a riff well i shouldn't really say yet it should be a surprise but it's going to be a lot of fun um i better i better just stop there before i let the cat out of the bag um and then the uh the saturday event will be at uh out at the ranch again same as we've always oh, yeah, done it and then we've got you know a handful of industry little parties we've got a chef welcome party we've got the going away pool party on Sunday and just kind of a lot of, a lot of like industry stuff for the chefs to kind of hang out and have fun. Yeah. It's, it's always a good time. And the, you guys support Southern smoke foundation with that, right? 
We certainly do. So for the for the folks that are listening that haven't been, it's it's like this massive Memorial Day food and music extravaganza. So you can go to the Mohawk, you can go to the different venues. Uh, there's music and food every day, but it all goes to Southern Smoke Foundation, which is southernsmoke.org. Uh, and you should check that out too, just so you can kind of see where where the the proceeds go. But if you go out to www.hotluckfest.com, you can get signed up uh, and get your tickets for Hot Luck. We're absolutely. It, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it just seems to get better every year. So that's that's going to be awesome. Um, well, every year we we make mistakes and uh, just keep improving it like anything. So yeah, I'm feeling this is this is definitely going to be our strongest year yet. So, you know, we're we're getting ready to to start uh, talking about some some cool uh, recipes and things that you're doing. But you've had your your pit line out now for what two or three years? Uh, we started selling uh, kind of pretty early on uh, in the pandemic. So yeah, I guess we're we're working on maybe about two years now. So you know, it, it seems like everything uh, that you do kind of has a consistency around it of quality looking for consistent product and kind of following detail so what makes that offset special what did you do that you engineered in it that just really makes it a a a phenomenal pit oh my gosh it is it really is a nice pit every time i fire one up i I think to myself self (laughs) i think this may be the best cooker i've ever cooked on um (laughs) And they're all the same. So it's really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, one, one of the things that kind of took us a long time uh, to get that barbecue pit out there was all the, you know, prototypes that would go through and, you know, pipes are out around. We don't want to use tanks. So we started pressing our own heads. We didn't want to, you know, the, we couldn't find casters that were good enough. So we started building our own casters and it kind of one, one thing led to another. Uh, but where we ended up with is a uh, barbecue pit that'll fit three briskets if they're all from the same side of the cow. Uh, I have yet to find three-sided cows that I'm having a hard time <laughs> with that. Um, but, you know, we we cut the, for the cook chamber, for for example, uh, we cut that flat with lasers, freaking laser beams, <laughs> and then we roll it uh, because all the pipes are out of round, so they've got it like a certain tolerance, and that kind of makes the door spring out. Uh, and there's always tension in steel, of course. I mean, that's that's unavoidable. Uh, but where we landed was, you know, cutting everything flat, rolling it by hand, doubling up on the firebox stuff, figuring out all the airflow, using all American steel because it's higher quality. Uh, we introduced some robotics on some of our welds. We use TIG welding for some of the components. We MIG weld most of the stuff. Uh, we lay their own caster parts. This thing is freaking incredible i can't believe well, how and, nice they've ended up and we'll pick up on that i want to talk more about that in the next segment of course we're talking with aaron franklin follow his exploits across instagram and facebook and all the socials with his handle franklin bbq check out his products at franklinbbq.com up next aaron franklin right here on barbecue radio network Barbecue Radio Network is heard on radio stations from Hawaii to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionetwork.com.
Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network with my co-host, Pitmaster Richard Fergola, and our executive producer, T-Bone. I'm your host, Andy Groneman, and we are back talking with Aaron Franklin, and we've mentioned his award-winning barbecue joint, the amazing events and collaborations that he's got going, but I'm really excited to talk more about his pits and then get into some of the details on the new cookbook. Uh, but you guys need to check out all of the amazing info that he shares in video as well. So from Franklin Barbecue website, franklinbarbecue.com, you can link right out to his master class. And if you go to YouTube, subscribe to Barbecue with Franklin. You'll get lots of content from fires and seasoning your pit to Thanksgiving dinners and leftovers. So welcome back again, Aaron. And let's talk about some pits and smoke. Ooh, we let's do that. <laughs> So we were talking about uh, your your backyard pit and some of the kind of interesting design elements and cool things about it. And and while we were off air, Fergie actually brought up one of the greatest things that we hear in store, which is it doesn't have any dampers. Why doesn't it have dampers? You know, I so I realize that's weird. Um, I totally acknowledge that. Um, but really, I don't like to use dampers on barbecue pits because it kind of. For me, I think it's a bit of a crutch uh, in a lot of ways. You know, I, I think the old school kind of way that people used to build fires at night, you know, especially when I was getting started 20-ish years ago, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, you throw a log on there and you just close the door off and you just leave it just barely cracked to choke out, choke out the fire and make it burn all night. Um, and that's a huge variable. But as I kind of got further along with Franklin Barbecue, cooking every night, getting to work at midnight, cooking ribs every day, um, I quickly realized that that doesn't taste very good. Um, and then of course, you know, one thing led to another and, you know, learned a whole bunch of stuff over the years, but where I landed was, is that I don't want to choke off the air and I don't want to choke it off from a smokestack or a firebox, you know, a fire, if it's going to burn clean, you know, and that's where you've got, you know, a high combustion temperature. That's why our fireboxes are a little bit longer. So you have a little bit of room to play with there. Um, you know, but once you get to that combustion, higher combustion temperature, you get cleaner flavors. And that smoke particulate that's coming out, coming off the fire is uh, more water soluble. So that tends to stick to the proteins a lot differently than the fats. And then when you get to that low choked off fire, that becomes more oil soluble. So that sticks to the fats. And that's where you get those kind of muddy, dirty flavors. And yeah, a little you know, bitterness out of the wood. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like the creosotes and, and stuff like that. So that's where you know, we've all had barbecue that gives you indigestion. That's where that stuff comes from. So the goal for Franklin Barbecue Pits is to give someone a tool where they could literally make exactly Franklin Barbecue, the cleaner, sweeter flavors, more transparent, a little bit lighter, um, you know, more of a delicate smoke touch. And just because you can't see smoke doesn't mean it's not there. It just means you can't see it in the light spectrum, but it still exists and you can still get a great bark all that stuff. That's really what you're going for. But the, the pit is literally designed for maximum convection, tons of airflow, good quality smoke. And, uh, you know, it's just a miniature Franklin barbecue pit. And so that good quality smoke, you've got a couple of things in there that probably impact that. So, uh, you, you have what's called, uh, the Franklin original smoke collector. What exactly is that? Well, that is how we attach the smokestack to the head which is what they call it on a propane tank it's that you know we use ellipsoidal shapes they could be hemispherical or whatever i think ellipsoidals work best um but it uh when when i came up with that design it was in my backyard on a trash can with a sheet of plywood on top of it drew it out and that was the first cooker that i ever built 
from scratch and it kind of just made sense. I didn't, I didn't really think about it too much more than just airflow, you know, and it's kind of like the idea, you know, just basic fluid dynamics, you know, say you've got, you know, a big, like, you know, semi that's flat front going down the highway versus a Maserati or some sports car. Like you want some aerodynamics in that. And I was kind of thinking about the way internal combustion engine works. You know, you port the heads, you've got, you know, intakes and exhaust valves and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of designed the barbecue pit in the early days. I mean, the first one I built, oh gosh. It's so that 15, V, does that hold a little more ago. convection there? Is that really what that well, does? So it doesn't hold the convection, but what, what it does is when you get this uh, positive draft, you get this vacuum from a, a well-designed smokestack, you can't push heat, you can't push the fire, but you could pull it. So we're just helping the heat, you know, it hits this little heat deflector, w- which we can talk about, goes up, gets a little bit of curl, gets some airflow and, and all the convection and stuff, but you don't want it to hit, you don't want that heat to hit like a, a wall. Like that's why you don't want just a, a boxed in end on a cooker because the heat and the smoke and all the stuff's going to hit that the air is going to hit that end and then it has to stop and it has to figure out where to go it has to redirect its its path uh, but with the smokestack collector everything is pulled out um out of the same spot and it's kind of pulled across the grate so you can concentrate a little bit of heat right there a little bit of that smoke particulate is really forced across the grates and all around the cooker of course heat rises to the top so it's definitely hotter on the top um but yeah it's kind of if you think a little bit about like an air conditioner in your car you can just kind of have little vents uh, and just guide where it goes a little bit but what that does is you know as the as the air is kind of spinning and you've got this vorticity going on in the cook chamber it kind of makes it you know just suck out the middle of that head and that's kind of where the shape of that head comes in handy too hey aaron um you remember that skit on saturday night live with uh, justin timberlake and andy uh sandberg like where they drop the mic and they say science <laughs> <laughs> that, like that skit that that skits running through my head right now just talking about i mean everything you're saying is awesome i mean it's uh well, gosh I, I better learn something about science i guess <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's just uh i think this is great information for the backyard person that is either a potential customer of the aaron franklin offset pit um and is even great knowledge for anybody that's never ran an offset pit period but this one in particular obviously is um you know great information and and uh not you know i what i think it is is great is if a person gets your pit in the backyard not only are you going to be able to learn how to cook good barbecue but they're going to run they're going to learn how to run a clean fire yeah it's really it, it kind of forces you to have to watch the fire you know that's why there's no uh, there's no damper on the firebox it gets enough air it's all it's all tuned but it, you really do have to watch it and i think you know, that may be a little bit of a bummer. You may miss out on some sleep and you may not be able to walk away or go get a sandwich or, or a beer or whatever. But what you get out of it, I think, is well worth what you put into it. Yeah, oh, I whatever. agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. agree. I think I've, I'm a huge preacher in all my classes, whether it's a backyard class or a comp class, is that um, one of the very first things that you got to learn as a pit master, whether it's in a competition style or backyard, you got to know how to run a fire correctly. And if you can't do that, then if somebody gives you different smokers, whether it's a, you know, a can or an offset or whatever it is, you're not going to know how to run that fire. But I think that your pit will definitely teach somebody how to run a fire properly. And then moving forward, they can do it on anything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And really, you know, once it might be a little challenging at first, figuring out the right size wood to use and kind of how you want to pick up the the coals and break things along. But kind of once you get it figured out, 
piece of cake. Those things hum right along at 275. No problem. Well, we've got about a minute left, and I ah, want to talk too much. No, right. no, I want to talk a little bit about the new cookbook that's coming out. So you've got Franklin Barbecue, and then Franklin Steak followed that, but Franklin Smoke is coming, uh, and it's going to launch in May. You can pre-order it now, but give us a little a little uh, tease on what's going to be in there. Yeah, well, it's uh, it has some smoky things in it for sure. Um, it's kind of the, the final book of the trilogy, I guess, <laughs> that we've always been loosely joking about and we finally made it happen, I guess. Um, but really, you know, my, my good friend, Jordan McKay, uh, co-author on, on all the books, um, you know, getting through the pandemic and stuff, we're all just kind of sitting around at home, had this Franklin barbecue pit we started selling, had the PK that, that we started working on. And, uh, it kind of, this book kind of reflects, more like backyard cooking it's kind of what we were doing and i you know wasn't hanging out at the restaurant nearly as much as i always had because of the pandemic and um i kind of got real excited about cooking again so it's got a lot of new recipes it's got some stuff uh, that we cook at home it's got seafood it's got some cool techniques in it uh, but it does spend an awful lot of time on the franklin smoker for sure yep Thanks so much, Aaron. And don't forget to head on over to franklinbarbecue.com and check out all the swag, the sauces, rubs, pits, cookbooks, including your pre-order for Franklin Smoke. And coming up, we're going to be talking with Fergie about overcoming adversity in the middle of a contest cook right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Check out Barbecue Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like. Dave and Andy need the attention. Creekstone Farms premium black Angus beef and all-natural Duroc heritage pork are found on menus at the finest steakhouses and butcher shops around the world. And now you can elevate every experience by ordering their products online. Go to shop.creekstonefarms.com and get restaurant-quality steaks delivered right to your door. Use promo code RADIO and get 10% off your entire order. Welcome back to Fergie and Andy here on Barbecue Radio Network. You know, holy cow, man, I just love Aaron Franklin talking about pits and smoke. Yeah, I think, uh, Tebow, when you say you were the smartest guy in the room, but clearly Aaron is the smartest guy in this room now. <laughs> oh, man, that's the truth because he I is. I mean, intelligence taken, just oozes out of the dude, man. I mean, he just. He has taken everything, and I, 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 if you just watch what he does across from his. From a brisket cook to his pit line to what he's done with PK, it's all about quality, consistency, and that consistency, he comes down to the finest details. And when he was talking about why he built the smoke collector the way he did so that the air would flow across the grate instead of hitting the end of the pit and wrecking that flow, you know... All of those little details matter, and when you're cooking 180 briskets a day, <laughs> yeah, you figure that stuff out in spades. Well, I, it would be awesome to have him explain everything he said to us about that smoker, his backyard offset pit, to our customers at Proud Souls in, well, in Colorado or Kansas City, which we do carry the Aaron Franklin pit. Um, you know, you can get one at our shops there, but uh, just having him explain that 
to a regular backyard person. I mean, they would, you know, I mean, there's a lot to take in there. You know what I mean? Um, and that probably takes some time and some some trials on that pit to get to that level of, of thought process on the fire. But to have a person that understands that much about the cooking process, I mean, there's no doubt you're turning out BA barbecue every every time. Yeah, 100, 100%. So, you know, we're going to head on over to the All Things Barbecue product spotlight. Check out All Things Barbecue at atbbq.com. All Things Barbecue has all the tools and accessories you need to take your barbecue to the next level. Get fired up and get everything you need to do uh, to do it at All Things Barbecue. So our item today, and you know, I had to do a little looking because I was trying to decide, you know, I always try and tie the product into what we're doing. And we've been talking about quality and cooking. And, you know, we had questions about rubs. And I thought, what do, what have I done that has upped my game with some of my barbecue. And it was probably the introduction of duck fat being readily available into barbecue. So, you know, you used to actually have to render your own. And if you were going to do a cone fee and duck fat, you had to do all that work yourself. And now you don't have to. Cornhusker Kitchen has two different versions of duck fat. They have a spray duck fat, which, what do you call that? You had a name for it, Ferg. I call it the olive oil of barbecue. That's right. So the olive oil of barbecue. Now you can, you don't have to do any work with the darn duck. You can just pick the spray can up and add instant flavor and fat to anything that you do. But you can also just get a rendered tub of it and actually do a cone-fee chicken cook in duck fat. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool because most people, when they see the spray can, they're like, there's duck fat inside of the can? And I'm like, yeah. And you push the button and it sprays out. <laughs> it's it's an awesome thing. And I think the coolest thing about duck fat is it's not it's not really the, a flavor piece to it. It's what it, it's um I, I I call it almost like a smoke magnet. Like it it attracts it attracts flavor to the meat. So if you spray like I do chicken wings, I spray my chicken wings with it before, and then I hit it with my rub, and it it just attracts that smoke. It's got that high smoke point, and it brings all that smoke to it and gives you color. Um, it's, it's totally awesome. Actually, the first time I heard about duck fat, I was actually watching a John Wick movie. Um, <laughs> when John Wick chases the one dude into there and he sits down, and he takes a bite and he says duck fat, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to find out about this stuff. So yeah, not, yeah, you can get it pretty much anywhere. You can also get that at proud souls, but you can get it wherever you want. But I use it to cook eggs in a pan. I use a chicken wings. I mean, you name it. It's the olive oil barbecue. Yeah. So if you go to atbbq.com, you can find the corn, go search Corn Husker Kitchen, which is the brand, and they have some amazing duck fat that you can get in a tub. They have it in a spray bottle. And if duck fat isn't your thing, they also make it super simple with beef tallow too. So you can get your beef tallow already tubbed and ready to go. You don't have to render your own brisket fat down and make it. Uh, so go to All Things Barbecue, look up Corn Husker Kitchen, and you can get that premium rendered duck fat or beef tallow at atbbq.com. So go ahead and uh, check that out. And we're going to talk now with Fergie a little bit about overcoming adversity in your the middle of your competition cook. And I got to set this up a little bit by saying we all have to overcome adversity when we're cooking. Like I was saying way back in the first segment, you know, you get a rainstorm that blows through and it slows your brisket cook down or oops, there was a power outage. Um, at home, we just work through those things because we have time to do it. 
uh, at a competition, it's a totally different animal because you still got to turn the meat into the judges. So let's talk a little bit about that, Ferg. What's, uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think it's, uh, as you guys know, I love talking about the psychology of barbecue and and uh, the, the high level of organization and, and preparedness that you have to have when you do competitions. And uh, just recently, this past weekend, <clears throat> I was competing at a double, excuse me, um, and I run a, I run a Myron Mixon uh, gravity feed smoker that requires airflow. And so it's a fully insulated pit. So I run a barbecue guru fan on mine. And it just so happened that my fan uh, went out. Uh, my ba- and, and then to be prepared, you have a backup. So I had a backup. I, I want to throw that out there before anybody else is like, well, why didn't you have a backup, Ferg? I did have a backup which was brand new, by the way, and it just happened to be defective. So um, did not figure that out until the next morning. So you have to make some adjustments. So I actually ended up cooking the contest on two drums. But the important piece to think about in this is the mental piece of that when the the initial problem occurs, right? Uh, so I light my pit on Friday nights about 830. Here I am. My fan's not kicking on. I just lit a fire and now my fire goes out. So you know, you, you get hit with these obstacles over and over again. And, you, and when they don't happen to you ever, and then it happens, you're like, what the, you know, what's going on here? So then you have to kind of deduct, you know, through deductive reasoning. Okay, what's wrong here? What's wrong here? Stay calm, right? You know, that I think that's the other thing that y- y- you can't, especially when you got two days of contest ahead of you, you know, you have to remain calm. And, and have at, a plan B too. Have, have a, a plan B, yes, yes. And the, and the nice thing is, is that, when you know pretty much everybody at a contest, you know, you have friends and everybody in the barbecue world is, is nice and well, which is what happened. You know, I had uh, my boy Chris Schaefer came over and loaned me a different fan system to at least get me going. Um, and then we assessed the situation the next morning and I figured out what was wrong. So we added a second gateway uh, drum that I got uh, that I got uh, borrowed to me from my boy Regan from uh, La Pasadita, which was nice of him. And uh, boom, now we're running on two drums. I got hot fires. I'm rolling. So you know, I think, but the the key thing there to remember is whether you're at home in the backyard and you've got problems that occur or you're at a competition and you're in the middle of a cook, if something like that happens, you have to overcome that. You have to stay focused on what the plan is ahead. You can't just fold up shop and be like, you know, okay, I'm, I got to go, you know. And, and, you know, the funny thing about your particular issue was it came down to what we were talking about earlier, which is airflow. Uh, and that is so important in the pit because, uh, even if you were able to keep the fire lit uh, with that initial fan that you were, and when we were talking a little bit uh, off air, you know, the, the, the fan just wasn't quite enough. So you weren't getting the proper airflow. Um, that's just going to give you that sooty, funky flavor on your food. So it, getting a good airflow really is, is key to making that happen. Uh, one year in Lori, I had a similar thing, you know, cooking on a pellet cooker uh, in contests, You've got thermocouples, fans, your board. Like you have to carry a, a suitcase of gear a lot of times because you never know when power is going to surge or whatever. Um, I had a fan go out once and it was my combustion fan. There was no, I mean, we're in Lori, Missouri down at the lake. There is not other stuff there. Uh, we were early in the pellet cooking at that point. So I took a box fan that I borrowed from Lee Keith, Sloppy Q, uh, if you remember Lee. And we turned that thing upside down and had it blow against the bottom of the pit where the <laughs> fire pot was. And we ran that pit at 225 all weekend on a combustion fan. The auger fed pellets with no fan and we're able to cook the contest. I had to extend my timelines because obviously I could only get the pit to two and a quarter. 
but we made it work and it's all about having a plan knowing what you're doing following that airflow and keeping it rolling correct yeah and just staying calm the whole time well thank you for sharing that and kind of giving folks again some insight into the the tools and the thought process around competition barbecue and really that kind of step into psychology of competition barbecue. We want to thank Aaron Franklin again for joining us today. Check him out at franklinbarbecue.com. And don't forget to head on over to atbbq.com and pick up our sauce of the month, Smoke on Wheels, Kansas City Bootleg Barbecue Sauce. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. And next week, we are excited to bring you David Gafford. David is from the Barbecue Lab, and he is going to give us a rundown on all of the products that are new and exciting for 2023 for t-bone fergie and myself thanks for listening and we will keep the pits lit until next time here on barbecue radio network every barbecue radio network show is archived and available through your favorite podcast platform each and every thursday When it comes to barbecue, every pitmaster should start with the best beef and pork possible. That's why the top-rated barbecue restaurants from Texas to North Carolina choose Creekstone Farms Premium Black Angus Beef and all-natural Duroc Heritage Pork. Go to shop.creekstonefarms.com and get the same briskets, burgers, ribs, and steaks served around the country, delivered right to your door. Use promo code RADIO and get 10% off your entire order.